And there are a lot of black women who are afraid to travel in Africa because of what we've heard or what's pushed out in media. So it's like, I don't want to be kidnapped and, you know, sent away or I'm living in a hut. They don't want you in the hut. Right. First of all, you, no. I've seen the way they make you can't do that. You're of no use. You don't have any useful skills for someone to kidnap you Girl. and put you in a village. You're a liability. You're a dependent no, at this point. You're a dependent. Hey Welcome back to Elevated Perspectives Podcast. Today we have part two out of three of my conversation with Karina Henry, better known as Karina Worldwide. In this conversation, we talk through her international husbands. We touch on her experience eating cat in Ghana, and we take a minute to really reflect on um, what solo travel can do, particularly for black women, and about all the beauty that the African continent has to offer. If you haven't had a chance to see episode one, we will link it above for you. But without further ado, let's get into the episode. And exposing yourself. But let's get into the international husbands. Let's get into the international husbands. Let me pull the microphone closer because I do have questions. Now here, listen, I'm going to frame this for you. Okay. So Justin and I have had many a conversation about passport bros. Mm-hmm. We all know about passport bros. Oh, we all know about We're passport bros. We're not going to spend time talking about passport bros. We all know about passport bros. Now, one thing that I said to him, mm-hmm. because he looked, I think he saw like one of your, one of one of the things where it's like, oh, you know, someone in Ghana, someone in Nigeria. He saw like one of those like recaps, right? Right. And he's just like, what's the difference? And I'm like, first of all, that's our sister in Christ, Karina. So it's respect <laughs> on her name. But then I'm like, second of all, this is just good marketing. It's just good marketing. It's, it's, just it's become like my brand. It's, it's my just, thing. Like, it's just good marketing. But then, third of all, we got into a conversation about, um, and for additional reference, so Justin is actually Canadian. His people are, he's from Toronto, right? Okay. So he has two passports. Okay. Three, if he ever submits the paperwork that he needs to, to get his Canadian citizenship. Um, which means that I would automatically, too, get Canadian citizenship, which we do want. Mm-hmm. Right? You're out here. You're gallivanting. You're having a time. Experiencing all the things. Right? All of the things. Um, and eventually it comes up on the interwebs, this notion of these men are just using her for green cards and visas. And this is disgusting. And she's just out here. Some painted it like, oh, this you know, victim of a woman. And other people, this, what do you, what do you call the opposite of a womanizer? This manonizer, you know, female past. Meanwhile, I'm trying to get citizenship somewhere in Africa. But all right. This is what I'm saying. There's this notion of this, you know, U.S. centricism that takes place. And I think particularly, like, we've had a lot of experience in Latin America, and it definitely happens there too, right? With people just coming and taking and extracting and mining. That's a whole other conversation. But... We shift our focus to the continent of Africa, which is where some, I'm sure not all, but a lot of these men that you've had in your company right. um, have been. What how, What do those conversations look like? People come to you and they're like, you're gallivanting about with these men. They're using you for these visas. This is silly. They're uncomfortable when you're licking their finger after they feed you goat intestines. I remember that one. Which it wasn't even a finger lick. And I mean, they dragged me. And not only did they drag me on TikTok and Instagram, they dragged me so long that I took a trip back to Kenya. (laughs) And then told him, now, we're going to turn the camera to make sure that they see that I'm not sucking on your finger. 
He like put it like it was so close. I did not look on the man's finger, but they don't care. <laughs> Even when I tried to clarify, they were like, "Girl, shut up! You licking fingers over there in Kenya." I'm like, "Oh, Jesus. we saw it. We see that." Right? It was like finger licker. But you're asking, what are the conversations like um, mm-hmm. when people do this? So I remember in the beginning when I the first video. When I said my Kenyan husband with the, the finger licking and I was eating, I think it was the goat bowels, mm. mature, right? And it was crazy because I had never experienced that before. I dated, I had dated in other countries, but that was the first time where I really put it on front street. Mm. And it was supposed to just be like this lighthearted joke. And the next morning I woke up and I had gone viral. They had dragged me. They told me the man is using me to come to the States. And I mean, that was the first time where a video or the reactions to a video made me cry. Mm. Because I'm like, I thought it was just a funny joke. And then you have these people who are just like, she thinks it's funny, but really she's being used. And just, it was. So I mean, is it because they're mean or is it because you felt misunderstood? It was because like, I felt misunderstood. I can take being mean all day, but I think. I was still a newbie to the, you know, to the creation space as well. So now, I mean, they can say whatever they want. I'm like, baby girl, keep the engagement going. Actually, let me find somebody to argue with you so y'all can keep commenting <laughs> back and forth for like three days. But in that moment, I was still new. So them turning it into something where it's like, she's just being used and she doesn't know. Or like, hey, what about his wife at home? You're a, you're a Jezebel. Um, and this was before people started throwing around passport bros. This was... This was like 2020, 2021. Mm. So people were, and I mean, passport girls has been a thing, but they just start, you know, really pushing it out there. Right. Um, And some of the things were just so mean. And not only was it, did it make me feel bad? I also felt like I had to come to the defense of my friend or my Kenyan husband because people were messaging him like, how do you feel that? up, girl. So that was my fault too. The devil works hard. But I, but. But internet. But it was my fault because I'm always like, whenever I post someone, I always tag them because I feel like if I can get exposure, I'm going to make sure you get exposure too. And so, but I always ask them like, before I even submit a video, because I feel like one day I'm going to be famous and I don't want someone to slide something to TMZ talking about, I didn't give her permission to post this seven years ago. So I always send them the video. I'm like, is this okay? Can I tag you in it? He wanted to be tagged. So the fact that people were going in his inbox and saying, you don't know that she's using you and, you know, you should feel ashamed as well. And it was just a lot. And so he was sending me the screenshots. And I think it, it kind of, it changed, it shifted from me feeling bad for myself to, to me feeling bad that I had put him in this situation. Yeah. Um, and so it opened up, but, which is good now, because now people are like, they see me with an international husband. They're like, girl, go. Another I love it. I love it. That's the conversation I have with Justin. I was like, you don't worry about what our good sis Karina has going on. You don't worry about it. Right. I think it's also about intent. I don't go there with the intentions of finding a husband, right? Mm -hmm. And it also is kind of, I've had people ask me, are you really married? Are you like into like a poly relationship? And I'm like, Hmm. and I do play into it sometimes. Sometimes depending on my mood, I might say, yeah, I am. And then I divorce them when I get on a plane. So it just depends on how I'm feeling. Um, But I think it became an opportunity for a bigger conversation with these international husbands because, number one, the first thing people assumed is they're only marrying you or they're only, only like, dating you because they want citizenship. 
Not once has anyone even asked me to visit the States. And I think that's also like an American thing where I love having my passport, my blue passport. I understand the privilege behind it, but we have to understand that our great United States of America is not the great sis she was back in the days when our grandparents were, you know, moving there and like, like wanted a better life for themselves and all of that good stuff. And I mean, still a great country, of course. I would never give up my blue passport. Let yeah. me say that twice because I don't want people to be like, well, then why don't you move somewhere? I am. I have. I'm a personal FBI agent if you're listening to this. <laughs> right. I have moved somewhere else, but um, it was it, it brought about a greater conversation where people understood just because someone lives in Africa does not mean that they're automatically looking for a come up. They're not automatically looking for an opportunity to get their green card. Now, once anyone, even my ex-boyfriend who's Mexican, um, my mom had a conversation with him. And she said, well, I just want to, I just wanted to, you know, be clear. Um, are you using my daughter for a green card? Hmm. And he said, well, she's not Canadian. Ooh. And I was like, Dang. now, first of all, I had to tell him, don't talk to my mama like that. But in my head, I'm like, shit, I'm crazy. He was like, she's not Canadian. If she were Canadian, then maybe, but she'll never be Canadian. And my mom was like, well, I mean, I was, and I'm like, mommy, just stop. He shut you down. I told him, don't talk to my mother like that, but in my head. Oh, God, that's so funny. Right. But it, it, it started, it opened up the door for greater conversations when it comes to citizenship and people feeling like, oh, they're just using people for citizenship. Now, I'm not saying everyone, some people are being used for citizenship, but it's also about consent. If you agree to live in this lifestyle and bringing someone back, that's on you. Um, the second thing is for women, I love that women are feeling, they're inspired to go out and just live their best lives mm. using common sense. I always have to say that because I don't want anyone to go outside and then be like, well, Karina, and then I was, no. Um, but it's so liberating to be able to go outside and live your best life and just enjoy. When I go to different countries, my name is not Karina, it is Christy. And at this point, some people might recognize me and they're like, Karina Worldwide. I'm like, no, I'm Christy, girl. <laughs> Who is Karina Worldwide, child? She Wait, famous? That's racist. I don't even look like her. <laughs> right. She famous? No. Um, but for the the amount of women who have told me, I've inspired them to to live life and not care about because it's more than just men and dating. Just not care about what people think mm. and live their best lives. Like that is like a win for me because um, it took me a while to get there. Um, now it's like okay, baby, you you gonna see the next one in a in a while. But I have to. Um, but then also, I, and I had this conversation with a friend the other day, and he said the same thing. He's like, there is no difference. And after I thought about it, I'm like, maybe there isn't. Hmm. And it, We've it, got to be reflective. We've got to be right, reflective. Right. And it gets to the point where we're so used to wanting to argue a point because we're like, I don't want to be the bad guy. I'm so different from, from them. And I'm like, for some people, it is the same thing. And if that's what you think, then that's perfectly fine um but i've never gone to a country with the intentions of you know using my money to capitalize on um people needing things or people viewing me as a come up to, i've never said okay well i know that they they know i'm american and so if i sh you know usually when i go there i'm like oh, i don't have no i don't have any money actually we just um but it is all about perspective for some people no matter what i say no matter how many times i say it's not the same. People are going to say, girl, you was a passport sis. 
And I'm like, well, I don't think I'm a guy sports sis. Or, you know, I think I am a woman who has learned how to utilize my resources to ensure that I have the best experiences possible. However, I do it responsibly um, because I never want anyone to feel offended. I never want, you know, there to be a situation that, but if you think I'm a class sports sis. And I also think when we talk about international husbands, I've had the best experiences because of these men. And it's not just like, I think when people think about international husbands, they think like sexually, and we're not gonna get too deep in the weeds, but I'm like, if you think I'm out here just having sex, that is not my fight to fight. It's your opinion, go for it, girl. I had, well, up until last week, I had a man at home, so, and he, but anywho. Um, I think it's it's been a cool experience because with these men, they push, like they've put me in positions where I can have these unique experiences I would never have with like a tour guide. I would never have with, you know, even with like a, a, uh, a driver. I've gone to people's mama's houses and we eating like, like my, 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 my Zanzibar's, uh, my Zanzibar's husband, my Zanzibar husband took me to his mom, to his family's village. And I was sitting around learning how to cook her secret recipes. And we're eating around the table, not to say we were eating around um, each other like a family. I've had experiences that most people don't have because of this. And people can say, well, why don't you get a tour guide? I have yet to find a tour guide that is going to say, okay, we're going to spend the whole day together and that's going to be it. Usually tour guides are like, you got three, four hours, maybe six hours, and that's it. That's amazing. Right. I do think, because that genuine connection, bond, friendship, whatever we want to call that. And I'm still friends with all of them to this day. All of the Mr. Karinas, Mr. World. Right, right, right. It, it's, I have had some, beginning, just a little bit of toxic. It's not very toxic, but I've had like situations. Oh, well, you're about to get it. I've had a situation where one of my international husbands, his girlfriend actually um, reached out to me. And at the time, and I'm always very upfront, like, I'm here to have fun, to experience like their country, blah, blah, blah. Please do not bring any drama. He was like, and it was weird too, because this man was the one that was running around like, this is my wife, and I'm like, this is my husband. And we telling everybody. Mm. Random people at the like the restaurant, we just yelling, this my, we married y'all. And they like, okay. So um, his girlfriend actually reached out to me on Instagram. And she said, you know, your Ghanaian husband is actually my, my real future husband. And I apologized to her. Um, and then she's like, yeah, either you can take the video down or can you tag me in the video? And then I, I had to reach out to him like, okay, I get what happened. However, I'm not going to tag, how would that look? My Ghanaian husband, but let me CC that girlfriend. Um, right. So then I said, well, I apologize if I said or did anything that offended you. And then she wanted me to take the video down. I'm like, if I were to take the video down, it would have to come from him. And he's already okayed the video. And he refused to take the video down because I think he grew by like 5,000 followers in like the he first was, week. I think oh, I remember. Girl, the body. The body. I think I remember that. The second he said, get down, I'm like, mm. and I think I remember that one. But he was too toxic. And that's why I had to cut him <laughs> loose. There ain't nothing to cut a husband off now. That one, I, I, mm -mm, I want to retract my previous statement. I'm cool with all of them except for one. Except for one. There's always got to be one. Oh, that one had me in the trenches. His, My best friends, 
cousin turned out to be one of his girlfriends. And this is not the same girlfriend that reached out to me. And I was staying at the girl's house. And it just so happened that she was saying, like, you know, I'm going to Ghana because my man is in. I'm like, girl, best man is in Ghana. Like, we just having, like, a tit for tat. And then my best friend, she ruined it because she was like, show her. Show her your, your, your Ghanaian husband. I'm like, you know, I took my little. You ain't got to tell me twice. And I show her. And when she was like, I'm like, he look good, don't he? Make your mouth dry. And she said, that's my boyfriend. I'm like. Let me see a picture. And she showed me a picture. I'm like, oh, they don't even look the same. Girl, it's the same man. Oh, no. I'm like, they don't even look the same. Mm -mm, look at that. They don't even look the same. <laughs> Obviously different. Oh. You got a freckle? Listen, they, they might be twins, but girl, they're not the same person. Mm. But it was the same person. And it just, it whirled, it spiraled into something like. But in all of like the kingdom of Ghana, you happen to just. And I mean. <laughs> oh. I mean. And, but he it, he was probably. And I'm, I'm not even being biased. He was probably the sexiest man I saw the entire time I was there. Mm. Six five, built like a like Hercules. Mm. Oh, now stop! I'm married. You have me on here. This microphone. When you get, <laughs> when you get some time, girl, go back and scroll to my Instagram and look at him. I will say one thing that's interesting. Mm -hmm. If you had husbands in um, France or in the Netherlands were in England, I'm not sure that people would be so concerned about them using you for a ticket to the U.S. But um, uh, that's, that's the sad thing. Mm -hmm. Because when I first started, before I even started doing the whole, like, Kenyan husband or international husbands in Africa, I actually had a YouTube video and did snippets of it on Instagram. And this is before TikTok made its way to us. Um, about my favorite, my like the best date I ever had, and I referred to him as my Italian husband mm. several times, and there was never once a he's trying to get citizenship. There was never once a nothing, mm. nothing, and that's why I think it bothered me so much in the beginning because it was really like because they're African, you assume that they want to come back with me to the states, right. and it's not so subtle. And with a lot of the, you know, it's one of those situations where the call is coming from inside the house. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because the people saying these things could pass for tribesmen of mm -hmm. the people they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Which is disappointing, but we digress. Um, I do want to talk to you about Africa, though. Mm -hmm. We have only been to Marrakesh. We've only been to Morocco. We really? haven't actually gotten to explore the continent yet. Okay. So... Give us some of the, the highlights. When was the first time you went? Are you going? Do I have a, are you going again soon? To Ghana? Are you going? Someone's going to Ghana? You're going to Ghana? Probably so. You're going to Ghana? Soon. 30 in a row. 30 in a row. Oh, wait, for, for Afro Chuck. Well, they changed it. Afro Future now. Oh, it's, it's fun, but the first year, 2021, oh, I had a ball. Then mm. 2022, it's just like, by the third day, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to keep partying until 7 a.m., going to get breakfast. And then I'm missing, like, the excursions and the experiences because I spent so much time partying. Mm. It was a lot. So I think this year, if I decide to go, um, I am going to limit how many times. And I say that now. The next thing I know, I'm in a club saying, what? You know, 
because like the music comes on and there's like, there's like some other piano playing and like you know people are moving and vibing in the groove and everything. you get caught up in it. Listen, I'm not a partier, me either. But they put the right whatever they put through the speakers starts going and other people start moving and all of a sudden you know one thing leads to another. I don't even know why I go out. Like I <laughs> I went out for the first time this year yesterday. I went to a cenote club, which wasn't really like a club. Ooh, um, is that like a club in a cenote? Mm-hmm. Or is it a club called... oh. It's a club in a cenote, and it's like on the way to Tulum, next to uh, Cenote Tortugas, Casa de Tortugas, Casa de Tortugas. See, oh. and so it's like when I first saw it, I'm like, wow, this is this is a good idea. Like, I need to find a cenote that no one is using, and then reach out to people like, can we make something work here? Because that that was actually a really good idea, but. I am not a clubber by nature. Even when I, I travel, Ghana is the only place where, in Kenya, once, where I go out and I'm like, I want a club because that's the atmosphere you're in, where everyone's going to the festivals and you're you're expected to go out at 11 o'clock at night and not get until 8 a.m. But then when you get in at 8 a.m., you sleep until 3 o'clock. And then you're like, okay, well, I only have three or four hours before I have to do it all over again. And you get into this... This cycle, so that's it's hard to break. Oh. Once you once you get almost like nocturnal with that, it's hard to break. And then you're like, oh, but I really wanted to do the sunrise, you know, hot air balloon safari. And you're like, well, I'm too tired. And that's why the last two days, I was just like, yeah, I'm not partying anymore. And that was when I got to experience like the cat meat. The what? Um, the cat Oh, yeah, cat meat. I thought I heard you say cat meat, and then I was like, she didn't say cat meat. And then I remembered who I was talking to, (laughs) and I'm like, she said cat meat. What did I do? Are cats gamey? Um, I feel like they're kind of like... So it's crazy. They taste like a mixture, and I have a pet cat. Oh. Right. Did you tell your pet cat? She knew. Did you ate, I could you tell ate she, her brethren? I could tell she knew because the way she began to treat me, I think she smelled it on my breath, <laughs> even though I was like, scrub the tongue. I think she smelled it on my breath, and she was just like, girl, mm. how dare you? But they t- it tastes like a mixture between shrimp and chicken. Ooh. It, I would... They dragged me, of course, for that, too. No, that sounds real good in, like, a gumbo. Oh, and it's, and it's crazy. Once again... It came from like, it came from just deciding to have like an off the grid experience. Mm-hmm. So I often go with a group, like I host the the, the trip, the, yeah, the group trip to Ghana. And I always allow myself time to do things by myself. The first year I was of course living my best life because I had my husband. And then when I was supposed to go back a week before, I found out he had a girlfriend that was my, you know, my best friend's cousin. So I couldn't really talk to him anymore because he was toxic. Mm-hmm. And so I had to kind of maneuver around and find some new ways to have experiences. But I ended up meeting um, somebody on Instagram, which I, that's one of the things I love about social media. Mm-hmm. You connect with people all over the world. Yeah. And all you have to do is tell them, I'm coming to such and such. And then they'll just blow you up. And it's like, I have friends in this country. So I met this girl and she was the one that brought it up. She's like, have you ever eaten cat before? And I'm like, no, but tell me more. <laughs> and she's like, I'm going to this, this city on the outskirts of Accra. And I'm going to do this tour with these two brothers. And I've heard that they've eaten cat before. Um, but... I've never 
I've never brought it up and I don't know how to I'm like girl don't worry so I'm trying not to laugh just because of the innuendos here I'm so if I'm looking at you funny I'm just because I'm trying not to be childish but she's also telling me in a way like you know how your friend pushes you up to do something they want to do but they're scared to do it yeah like, girl you got it you brave <laughs> I wanted to ask them about the cat meat but I don't know and I'm like oh don't, don't worry we'll go we go and we're on a tour and it's Myself, um, we had a photographer, it's her, and then it's four white people in the store. Mm. And he's talking about like the slave trade and like just so much culture and everything's great. And while he's saying that, I just randomly say out loud, I think this is a place where they eat cat meat, but I just don't know where I'd find it. And I say that while while we're walking in very subtle the way now my photographer and my friend at that moment they already knew i had already told them like we're gonna eat cat meat today mm-hmm. but the white people they turned around like <laughs> and then i have to keep a straight face like you heard me and so the tour guy he's like you want to try feline because i think maybe in his mind he's like let me make sure she's saying cat meat and not like something that i just heard wrong and i'm like yes i would like to try some feline because we were in an Uber the day before, and when she was telling me, and the guy's like, oh, you can find cat meat everywhere. And I'm like, right, but I don't want to just go and pick one up. And then just say, so he said, well, talk to me after the tour. I'm like, all right. After he, he drops the white people off, he comes back to us, and he's like, okay, and you said you wanted to try cat meat? I'm like, yeah. He's like, all right, come on. And this is where I say, I believe... God looks out for children and fools because sometimes when I'm in situations, I'm like, I'm not a child. So there's that. Because <laughs> so, he just, he didn't say, yes, I'm going to give you the cat meat. He just said, follow me. And I'm like, and okay. then I, my friends, of course, having the black moment, they're like, I'm like, <laughs> and so they're looking like, and so he's telling me like, they have a saying where if you eat cat meat in Ghana, if you're African-American, you will die in Ghana. And I'm like, Wait, 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 but today? Wait, 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 wait. Because for cats, it's, it's similar to like Egypt where they're viewed as these like spiritual, like how they have spiritual powers and mm-hmm. which there's another side of that too. I could go all day about what I experienced after I ate the cat meat, but, and I'm not even, we can get into it. Okay. So my photographer and my friend are like, and I'm like, come on guys. Now I didn't turn into the white people. Come on. <laughs> so he says, and you know, when you eat cat meat in Ghana as an African-American, you will die in Ghana. I'm like, oh, but today? Because if so, the, the tour is off. I'm not. He said, no, 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 not today when it's time. And I'm like, come on, guys. He says, I'm still like, we go through these alleyways. And I mean, it gets narrow and narrower. And I'm like, okay, if it gets even more like, if it gets to the point where I'm like, then we're going to have to turn around. And he got to that point, And I still was like, well, we are in there now. So we're walking in a straight line and then it opens up to this like house and there are like hundreds of cats. I mean, on, and I mean, I'm not even exaggerating on the roof, like everywhere. And in that moment, I realized I wasn't specific. I thought we were going to a market to pick up cat meat that was already like prepared and frozen. They're going to pull it out the freezer, I pay for it. And then that's it. No, these are live cats. And I mean, at that moment, I started crying like a little, oh, no. because I thought about my cat at home, and cats are coming up to me, and they're rubbing themselves, and I'm like, oh, 
So the guy, he picks up a cat, and the cat, I kid you not, look just, my cat has like tiger stripes, look just like Davina. And I'm like, oh no, not that one, definitely not that one. I could never, and I guess I was taking too long. Yeah. So the guy just said, we're gonna do this. And um, I will say this, it was, it was as humane as possible because my photographer, while I was turning my head, saying, no, Jesus, no, and covering my ears so that everybody had the screams, and people, the the, the residents are in the background laughing at me and, and ha, 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 girl, this is normal. We was going to eat it anyway. Right, we are going to eat it anyway. He's recording it, and I, to this day, this happened uh, in December of last year. To this day, I haven't looked at the video. Mm. But he, I made him go through, and he's like, oh, I mean, it took four seconds, and it was done. So I'm like, okay, yeah. that makes me feel better. But it's like, People slaughter animals every day. All the time. Like, All the yeah. time. And then people are like, well, this couldn't happen to say something like they're slaughtering cows and horses and just shut up. So then it it's done. And then he says, do you want to hold it? And I mean, the fur. And I'm like, but I, I, this is the first thing I said. You didn't have me in the freezer? And he's like, no, what freezer? And I'm like, then I realized I never had this conversation with anyone. I just assumed oh. I was going to be going to a marketplace. Yeah. There we go with assumptions. There we go. Based on our background, we think we walk into a Publix and there's a package of cat meat and we take that home. So right. Grandma throws it in a, a stew pot. And but that was another thing we had a conversation about on social media as well because people were like, "How inhumane!" I'm like, "Your uncle Bobby is probably throwing cows and pigs on the grill right now." Callate right. porfa. So, be quiet, please. So. Um, but then, like you said, that's that luxury of being in a space where we don't have to see the entire process. And that was like, a, I even said that in a video um, that I posted on TikTok. That was the moment where I realized, even with me saying, you know, I immerse myself, I understand there is still that that privilege where I believe you should have had the cat meat already sitting there. Mm. And so he also explained that the reason why they don't is because there's a lot of spiritual stuff that with the cats and stuff and how you have to eat cat meat fresh because if you don't, people can put a curse on you. Oh. And we're going to get into that too because I was like, I remember that time. I I was even calling the twin like, it's twin brothers. I was calling the twin like, you remember that time when I ate cat when I came with y'all? Um, TV was falling off the walls and I'm hearing voices in my house. Yeah, so... He, he also said, like, people can curse the cat meat, and it's it's weird that they don't... It was confusing to me, but people can curse cats, and anyone who's involved in the entire process, the person who cooks it, the person who, you know, who prepared it, the person, well, cooked and prepared, the person that bought the pot, the, pe the person that bought the seasonings, everyone is cursed. Oh, that's like a six degrees of separation Right, so he said you, can, you always have to buy the cat from the person to make sure that, you know... They're accepting the money, blah, blah, blah. So we go through the entire process. And it was it was so enlightening for me because I got to see, usually the, the hair and everything's off of my meat. Mm -hmm. I got to see them burn it. I, I saw them like skin it. I'm seeing the entire process. And then um, when it was time to eat it, my friends were like, uh-uh, I'm not eating that because I didn't see him pull any of the innards out. I, he put the head on, everything went into the pot. Mm. And so towards the end, they're like, here you go, here's the head. And I'm like, I'm eating the, the legs and stuff. I'm like, what? The? He said, it's a privilege. 
it's a privilege to actually eat the head. So they save it for the, the person that, like, usually, like, a guest. Yeah. And I was like, hell mm. now. I never said I wanted the head. But I tried it. And yeah. actually, the, the head was the best part. And it, it's crazy, too, because people, people would assume, okay, one of my friends, my friend is from Belize. Then my photographer was from Ghana. So... We did like a teaser and people were automatically like, oh, I know the Belizean's going to eat it. I know the person from Ghana's going to eat it. Meanwhile, they were like, oh, they were triggered. They mm-hmm. were like, oh, no, we're not trying this. My friend goes in the corner and starts throwing up. Meanwhile, I'm like, the American's like, you don't want to try the leg or no? Okay. Um, but yeah, they they dragged me for that one too. But I, would I ever do it again? I don't even want to say no because I don't want a lot of y'all on here. Yeah. But it was... It was eye-opening because I realized that because we have the privilege to not see the entire process, it makes it easier for us to judge. Because there were so many people who were like, how dare you eat a cat? And then I, of course, you know, if you say that to me, I'm going on your page. And I see you at a barbecue eating a, a sausage dog. What's the difference, my guy? Other than the quality of meats. But that's that's the thing. Like it makes it makes it easier for us to criticize and judge other people in other countries because we don't have to see that entire process. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was crazy because when I came home, number one, I think I have like a stomach of iron, like or is it stomach of steel? Whatever it is, I got it. Mm-hmm. And nothing ever bothers me. People ask me like, "What meds do you take when you're traveling?" I'm like, "Girl, I just pray with my food. That's it. <laughs> God have your way, and then that's it." And I've never had a problem. For about three weeks, I, I I mean, I couldn't even sleep a full four hours before I was just like, it was just a constant flow. And then after I started feeling better, my cat started doing weird things. Like, she was just doing it. I don't even, because I don't want to go back to my house. I don't want to go back to my house and she starts doing it again. Like, yeah, she forgot. Yeah, you fresh on your mind. And then you have to walk in there and it's like, And then she's over there levitating. She's like, like, like cat eyes. And, right. Yeah, this no. is the next step. I'm levitating. Ooh. But she started doing a lot of stuff. So then my boyfriend's parents, they actually came and prayed over the house. And it was crazy because they never knew I ate cat food. Mm. So while they're praying and everything, they stop and they look at my cat. My cat starts doing this weird, like, cough. Like a deep throated, like, (laughs) she had never done that before. Mm. So I'm looking over there too, like, and the, the, my, my ex-boyfriend's mom's like, I think the the issue that you're dealing with, it has something to do with the cat. And then of course my boyfriend's like, my boyfriend's like, you did you know about the cat mood. I told you. I told oh. you. And I'm like, shut up. Don't be putting my business out there in front of these people <laughs> so they can judge me. Um, but a lot of things happen. Like the TV fell off the wall randomly, which is okay. Um, because it could have just happened. My whole sink fell out one day. And then I'm like, oh, okay, maybe just, you know, poor infrastructure or oh. poor, like, could have been that. But then we started hearing voices. The TV started flicking and on. Like, it would, I mean, just cut on randomly. We cut it off. It would cut on again. And then I'm thinking, you know, you never want to say you got a spirit in your house. You never want to say. You don't acknowledge. Right. Because I'm like, the only spirit is the Holy Spirit up in here. <laughs> I'll hit you with the Bible. Go sit down somewhere. So I'm like, must be the timer. Maybe there's a timer. There was no timer. I would cut it off. It would cut back on. And then I've also learned when it comes to, it's what I love about living in Mexico is they are similar to black folk when it comes to religion and spirituality. Because I made a joke and said, I got a Casper in my house. And next thing I know, they were like, okay, well, the pass is going to be free in two days. 
So we're going to come by your house. It wasn't even a question. I made a joke and said, Casper, you know, I got a Casper. They were like, um, let me call him right now. And in two days, they were in my house. And then they, after that, I slept peacefully and I never had an issue. Mm. Um, but for that, for that like month, it was just a lot. And then I called the, the, one of the twin brothers from Ghana and I'm like, you remember that time when you told me that, you know, things can happen, I could be cursed? I think I'm cursed. And he lied first. And then he's like, oh, seriously? Oh, no, it wasn't a joke. I told you. They actually have a city. And I forgot the name of the city, but it's in the video I recorded. Where the whole city, there were maybe 12 or 13 people who died because of cat meat. Because they stole a cat and cooked it. And the person cursed the cat. And, and I mean... And I thought like, oh, this is a good story. Until the photographer was like, of course, everyone knows that. And he, he's not the type to just be like, and then, you know. I, like, dummy? You didn't right. know about But it's crazy because I still didn't believe him. So I started going back to the hotel. like, And I, at the time, I knew the city. I'm like, have you heard of this city? And they're like, how do you know about the city? And I'm like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. And I was going to, and I mean, I asked like five people, the bus driver, you know this city? And they're like, I'm like, oh, this is real. So after I, I told him, like, a house is cursed. He's like, you're going to have to pray it out um, because at this point, there's nothing else you can do. But when my cat started doing that, I was like, oh, she don't got asthma. Mm. I, but, yeah, that's my cat eating story. So moral of the story, if we do eat cat meat, we're going to make sure it's fresh. Make sure it's fresh. We're going to make sure that it's accompanied by knowledgeable preparers. There we go. And we're going to pray on the back just in case we don't need that goes crossing the ocean mm. we don't need any of that um okay let me ask you this let me get into this let me get into this so mm-hmm. you uh-huh. primarily solo travel yeah but you do group trips i do is this a good way for other women there are a lot of women especially black women and other women of color. Right. We want to get out. We want to see the world. We want to go. We want to explore, right? But we don't want to wind up on, like, a bad version of a Miami girls trip. But oh. all of a sudden, we're in, you know, Chad or Nigeria, South Africa, or, like, China or something, right? Like, is this a good soft launch for, like, other female travelers? In terms of, like, the group trips? Yeah. Yes, and it's crazy because I, I never really liked group trips. And... I went on my first group trip to Ghana after doing my own group trip. And I'm like, wow, I actually see the benefit mm-hmm. in it because it's there are so many women um, who want to go places. They want to experience things, but they're still waiting on their friends. Mm-hmm. What does it say? It, it's really cool when when the, the group chat or people make it out the group chat to the, to the trip. We love to see it. But we rarely see it. And it's sad. And so a lot of women miss out on opportunities to explore the world because they're waiting on their friends. And it's always something, whether it's like, my man won't let me go, or my job won't let me go, or I don't have the money right now. And by the time, you know, people run out of excuses, years have gone by and you still haven't been anywhere, mm-hmm. except to Atlanta and Miami, and we tired of that. So I love group trips because it allows you to experience, but in the, with safety in mind. So you're not having to go by yourself. But you're by yourself and you get to connect with other people who are probably experiencing that fear and anxiety of traveling by themselves. And it's, I went on my first solo trip. Are you serious? In June. 
I left Justin this with the kids. Yes, this was just a couple months ago. I left Justin with the kids. I said, I'm about to go across an ocean so that I can rest. I've been either pregnant, breastfeeding, or doing both at the same time for almost five years now. You needed it. You needed it. Yeah. And I've never traveled by myself, mm-hmm. especially so far away. And I thought, you know, I'm seasoned, right? I'm worldly. I'm a, I'm a professional. Until you got over there? The second I got, not even on the plane, not even to the terminal. I was on, like, the train. I was on Mart. I was headed to Hartsville-Jackson. I was sitting there like, I'm really about to just be by myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm out here alone. I'm sociable. I am not shy. I can take it, but there was still this thing of like, I'm about to be by myself. So I'm curious, because I've also never done a group trip. And so I can imagine, especially for people, whether it's the toxic boyfriend that won't let you go live your best life, dump him, or, you know, the friend group of finances or whatever, like there are just ways to make this more accessible. Right. Right. What do those look like? Like, what do people, let me, what do people? do on group trips like is everyone just like together hanging all the time or is it like a so when I started like curating these experiences right the first thing I thought about was in the beginning I wanted to be all about the group right we're building this family um because I want people to feel comfortable and when you're coming into a space most times on my group trips they're coming by themselves and so I want you to feel safe and the easiest way to make you feel safe outside of like showing you everything that's going on and all those things is to, to help you realize that you're a part of a unit now. Mm-hmm. And then as we go along, then I allow free time for you to explore. Mm-hmm. So then people, at this point, they then, number one, you probably are tired of your like relatives. It's like time to go home. I need to get out of this house. You're, I've noticed with a lot of people by day four, they're like, okay, I'm just going to go to the market down the street, right? By day six, it's like, I didn't spend the whole day by myself. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love because it's baby steps. It's baby steps. Um, and there's a lady who went on my group trip last year to Kenya who is coming back to Kenya next year. She's bringing a friend. But I was so happy because she's gone on three solo trips because of my group trip. And she sends me, like, the cutest pictures. And I'm like, <laughs> girl, you better stop before, you know, I try to capitalize. And I did this. I helped her with this. So I'm like, I don't want to take credit. But she's always she's always letting me know, like, the reason why I'm okay with doing this now mm. is because of the root trip. And there are a lot of black women who are afraid to travel in Africa because of what we've heard or what's mm. pushed out in media. So it's like, I don't want to be kidnapped and, you know, sent away or I'm living in a hut. And then they get to Kenya. They don't want you in the hut. Right. First of all, you, no. I've seen the way they make you can't do that. You're of no use. You can't, you don't have any, no, because this is something wherever, you know, you don't have any useful skills for someone to kidnap you Girl. and put you in a village. You're a liability. It's, You're slow. You need somewhere to sleep. They're going to have to feed you. You're already too old to be trainable. You're a dependent no, at this point. You're a dependent. Nobody's going to kidnap you and bring you to some imaginary hut in some imaginary village. To do what? And the fufu thing is a real thing. Because when I went to go see how to learn, like, learn how to make fufu, I was just like, oh, yeah, the aunties wouldn't let me marry their, their, their kids and their nephews. Heck no. It was too much. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm done. 
see the process. I'm like, there's no. There's nothing you can do. Maybe water the plants. American arms? I don't right. know. You, they, but then the pails, we would complain about the weight of the water. So. There's no use to that. <laughs> so it, it's that. I've noticed like a lot of black women with where it's okay for us to go to, you know, Europe. Hmm. If that That's a lot of people like, that's my first solo trip, right? Going to Europe. And my first time going to, to Africa outside of the one time I went in 2019 wasn't until, I didn't start like traveling consistently throughout Africa until 2021. And it was really because we were still in the midst of the pandemic mm. and the price was cheap. And then I'm like, you know what, let me explore more. And then I realized like that same attention I've been giving to Asian countries and European countries, and there's nothing wrong with that. I want to start focusing more on African countries because there's so much beauty that gets missed because of what we see on TV. We see the starving kids and not saying that they don't have them, but that's everywhere. I mean, I don't know if people in Flint even have clean water now. So, right. So outside of what I would see, it was just like, mm, that's not my thing. Um, and then when I went to Kenya, I was just like, wow. And Kenya's actually hands down my favorite country of all time. Really? Because, oh, there's and no wait, place like real Kenya. Quick, how many how many do you have in your how many countries? I don't know if you're an exact fifty two and a half person or roundabout person, but so I made a an agreement with myself that I would stop country counting, right? It was like this bigger thing of like experiencing more and stop focusing on like passport stamps. So I stopped counting at around 40. Mm. So and when did you stop? I want to say. So that all of us at home can do the calculation. 2000, 2019. Okay. Yes, because 2019 was the time I went to nine countries. No, I went to seven countries in three weeks. And when I got home. Right, and it, you know, when you when you talk to people back home, they're like, wow, wow, what a traveler. And then I was having a conversation with someone who travels a lot, but they're, what I'm doing now, they were doing back then. Mm-hmm. And so, but she hates social media. She's like, uh-uh. And when I told her, she said, and you, you, you don't see how exhausted you were? Like, what is the use of doing all of that? Just to be exhausted. And mm-hmm. you're spending two days in one country just to say, oh, I've been there. So after that, I just told myself, yeah, I'm not counting anymore. And I do count continents. So I've been to five different continents. So there's, I don't think that's enough. But I don't think that's enough for people to be able to say, okay, well, this is how much. But five out of seven isn't too bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think with the group trips to Africa, I, I like to go specifically to Africa for that very reason. And I started going to Kenya um, in 2021 with my group trips. Because Where are they? Real quick. Are they only? Are, are they Kenya, Ghana? Oh, so I do Ghana, Kenya, and then I'm going to be doing Thailand for the first time next year. But it's for selfish reasons because I want to go to Songkran again, and I feel like why not bring y'all with me and we just throwing balloons and enjoying that. Mm. So that's why I'm doing Thailand. But um, Kenya, one of the things I love about Kenya is it offers everything. It's like the travel trifecta. Like you have safari, you have the city, you have like beach life, you have everything. Mm. Um, and oftentimes when people think about countries in Africa, it's so weird that we're just like, Kenya, oh, that's it. It's just safari and that's it. And I'm like, these are countries, they have so much to offer. It's just like Mexico. Oh, you know the cartel? And I'm like, girl, I live, cartels in the States, baby. But you can't tell me out. You can't. If I'm lying, I'm flying. Whenever you mention anything, anything happens in Mexico. I get a, 
I get so many messages from people who are like, I'm just checking on you. I'm like, girl, whenever something happens in California, I'm going to send you a message all the way in New York and ask and say, I'm just checking on you. Because that's how far, what has happened is that far. Like the thing happened in Matamoros and my family's like, I'm just making sure you're safe. You need to come home. I'm like, girl, it would take me two and a half days to drive there. Like it's not near me. They would get so bored on the drive to me that they would just give up and go back to the States. And the cartel is simply not concerned with me. They're too bored. They're not concerned. I have no, again, Dependent. I have nothing to offer. I complain a lot. You know, when it gets too I hard, can I'm do like, that in two languages. The second one of those little bugs starts getting on me, we're, you know, they don't want me. I don't even have wealth parent. Like, they really don't want me. I would tell, if they kidnap me, I'm like, well, listen, this is the buck stops here because ain't nobody coming for me because I didn't even give them my card information. So, what's your name again, Jose? We going to chill out here? Okay. So, you get bored of me. That that would that would be it. But I think I think that's the, the awesome thing too about like people traveling solos. Like they can find out things for themselves. Because we're so used to hearing, well, so, you know how many times people tell me, well, you know, such and such. And I'm like, you ain't even been there. When when people say because of Mexico, you were in Mexico? No, but that's then you don't know. You wouldn't know. You have even We were in Brazil. We were in Rio, and of all the things people have to say about Brazil and about Rio, I'm like, oh, when was the last time you were in Rio? And like, well, on the internet, and I'm like, you don't even read, but now you want to read facts? I know, people, and I got defensive about this. We had a real, and I think this was my first time, like, actually where I needed to go touch grass. Because people were saying all kinds of, how dare you bring your kids to such a dangerous, and I'm like, oh. my Peter fingers turned to trigger finger, you know. Because I will go back and forth. It was just the whole thing. I think it was like two days and then, you know, these things happen. But even the, what you find on the internet, because they were like, you know, if you're worried about gun violence in the U.S., then why would you ever go to Rio? And I'm like, okay, let's splice this data a couple different ways since y'all don't enjoy understanding that data is storytelling. You could switch a story a couple different You want it from Goldilocks' perspective or the perspective of their CNN or Fox. Like, we can do this. You know, when you look at it by schools, when you break it down by SS, when you look at it this way, when you look at it that way, we're saying action and LeBron and the gumbo. You know, and I stopped because I'm not going to read anyway. You can't even, like, link to articles really well in comments. And they don't want to change. They don't. And that's what I had to realize, too, because I would go back and forth. And I always say, one way to, to tick me off is to say something about Mexicans. Like, the the nicest people. I've met the nicest, kindest people here. And it's like, whenever people are just rude or something happens, and they're like, well, I, I will never understand why black people keep going to Mexico. Shut up. That's that's really what I want to say because at the end, of, at the end of the day, you can't have an informed conversation about anything when you've never even been there. You can't because you're hating from outside of the club. You can't even get in. Then I'm with Chris Brown. Whatever he said, you can't even get in. Can't even get in. I don't love that. I, I don't. And I think there's and there's so much of that. Obviously, about so many places, especially ones that are more popular. People have a lot to say about Mexico, Colombia, Brazil, so on and so forth. Guatemala. Guatemala. They have so much to say. And I think that, like, we're starting to see that break. 
break with Latin America a little bit right. as more people are there and showing like, you know, day to day life and things. Right. But I feel like at least for like the American segment, Africa, which do I even want to say it that way? Because it doesn't, it's a whole continent, right? right. It's still so much shrouded in like, you know what I mean? Oh, right. they're just in hugs. That's not the third. And I think right. that you have things like Afro Future and people say, Daddy December, and they see like the party and the turn up and they're more interested. Right. But like, does that interest again in what you can take and what you can experience and what you can consume actually play into you being able to appreciate the culture that's over there? And I think that's the saddest thing too, because I think even with Ghana, they began prepping for the tourists. Like in September, October, right? And so it's, of course, you want tourists to feel safe, but, and I learned this from my Ghanaian ex husband. <laughs> if you want the real Ghana or the real Accra, you have to come before November, before October. Hmm. And it's because, like, police are everywhere because they're gonna always make sure the tourists are safe. Like, hmm. everyone, we all understand why. Um, but then it's also like, it becomes like party central. So all people are, most people, not all, most people are coming there for the festivals and the parties and they're not even venturing outside of that. Mm. So they don't get to see all of our crop. Um, I think I was, I was gonna share my story, but there was a young lady who clearly had never been outside of the States before, maybe not even out of her own state. And she went and we were in a group chat um, for the group trip. And I remember she was just like, everyone be careful, they're robbing people out here. And I'm like, where are they robbing people? Ooh. She just said that, right? Bitch? But I'm like, where, where, who is robbing the people? And she's like, on this street. And then I look around, I realize I'm on the same street. She's saying people are being robbed. I'm like, do I look that broke? They even, can't even say they didn't want to rob me. I'm, a, I'm offended. I could be robbed. I, <laughs> I look robbable. So, and you, right. Now that one I meant to say that one just you keep that one in there. <laughs> so when I um and every time when people make these statements, I always have to have like the devil and angel conversation because I'm like, this is not how you want to do this, Karina. And then the devil says, and go. <laughs> and I go. And I said, you know, it's it's really important that we be mindful of how we say things in space in spaces where people may be anxious or nervous because they've never been to these places. Um, she's like, no, I did see someone steal. And I'm like, girl, we're on the same street. And then it was crazy because while we're messaging, she's like, I'm here. And I look up and she's like right there. Mm. And I'm like, where did you see people being robbed? Because <laughs> now I'm going to have to call you a liar in the group. Because we've gone past the whole thing of just side messaging and private messages. My grandmother does this. My grandma says, if you say something in public, Right where you say it is where you're going to be embarrassed. Mm. And I'm like, and it was, had it been anything else, I think I could have just been like, all right, whatever. But it's the fact that you're pushing this, this notion that they are thieves. Then there was a situation where um, there was a man who clearly was beyond intoxication, like inebriated beyond words. He's falling around and they sent a video in the group and said, um, that the police officers, they did help, and that was in the video, and then they said the police officers stole his sneakers. And I, I, don't, I don't condone people stealing people's belongings. Mm -hmm. But that could have happened in Houston, that could have happened in Atlanta, and maybe in Atlanta they might have done more than that. 
That could have happened in New York. That could have happened anywhere. When you put yourself in this position, and I'm not saying it's right, but when you're traveling, you have to be responsible for yourself. You have to use common sense. So if you decide that you feel so safe to just, and that's also another form of entitlement, like I'm this drunk and no one's going to do anything to me. No, baby, you're not, you're not home. Um, if you decide to get that drunk, then you have to take what comes with it. And there are consequences. Mm. And I mean, then he was just like, I don't have many sh There's markets, baby. Mm. But you might be too scared to even venture to the market. So now you got to walk with socks on. They're robbing people in the market. Right. So. Sock feet. <laughs> All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed part two out of three. Make sure to subscribe to the channel and turn on your notification bell so that you do not miss the third and final installment of my conversation with Karina when it drops. Have a good one, family.